0: These are uncertain times, but Munson Savings Bank continues to grow and evolve, most recently by opening a new loan and operations center in Wilbraham and a new branch in East Long Meadow scheduled to open later this summer. At Munson Savings Bank, we believe in going above and beyond to create solutions for people, businesses, and our community. Hello. And welcome to Business Talk, presented by Business West and Living Local, and brought to you by Munson Savings Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and here is your host for this episode of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Talk, the podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. Today we have an intriguing show. We're talking to John DeLiva. He is the President and CEO of the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, Chairman of the Board of the Greater Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau. John, how are you this morning?
1: I am well, George. Thank you for having me on your program.
0: So, John, we have a lot to talk about today. We have the Hall of Fame and your renovations there. We have the Class of 2020, very intriguing. Uh, We have I want to start with your role with the Greater Springfield Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, Obviously this is not a year that uh, anyone in the tourism sector expected, Uh, obviously a year to forget. Uh, Can you take us inside these board meetings uh, with the Convention and Visitors Bureau? I assume they're via Zoom and uh, they can't be uh, happy times here. Tell us what these meetings are like. and, and what you're talking about, uh, how you're keeping the morale up.
1: Sure. Um, Well, let's talk about I was elected last October uh, at a time when the economy was great, at a time when, frankly, um, there were a lot of great things happening for tourism in western Massachusetts. Uh, I think MGM was certainly getting its sea legs, and we expected a very good summer for them. We had our wonderful class, as you referenced, the class of 2020. We had a brand-new museum Uh, that we were opening. Uh, I know Six Flags had some new uh, assets that they were ready to deploy. Um, Everything was working great. Uh, And then COVID hit um, in in March and uh, everybody knows the numbers of, of, uh, there are many hotels in town that were closed down, many restaurants that were closed down. Obviously the attractions, including the Hall of Fame have been closed for some time. Um, So the board meetings um, are not so much, uh, maybe the first one was uh, acting like a wake, um, but indeed, we, we've kind of, uh, you know, there's two things you can do. You can either turtle, pull your head in, or get aggressive and think about the future. And we know that there is a future out there. So uh, I, along with our executive committee and the very capable Mary Kay Widra, uh at the president of, this, of the Convention and Visitors Bureau, went to work immediately on a very aggressive marketing plan. So while she had to make some operational cuts, she kept a core staff and that core staff has worked since March to not only develop a very aggressive uh, marketing plan to relaunch tourism uh, in our area, but also share that that uh, strategic plan with funders. So whether that is state officials, federal officials, or those uh, maybe locally that might want to see or might have an interest in making sure that that tourism comes back stronger than ever. Uh, and we've been successful uh, with that. Just the other day, uh, we had an announcement on the front lawn of the of the Hall of Fame um, that Senator Lesser, along with some other folks in our local delegation, uh, had uh, procured $250,000 that will go to the Convention and Visitors Bureau to support our marketing effort. It's not It's not $250,000 and then $5,000 checks are written to individual uh, attractions or hotels or restaurants. It is truly going to be spent on an omnibus marketing plan that has been presented to the executive committee, presented to the full board uh, with enthusiastic response. Uh, And now that we're getting funding, we are ready to launch that. The question becomes, when is that, when is that not perfect time, but when is the right time to start that? Because we seem to still be in a start stop mode, uh, mm-hmm. With this 14-day quarantines and whatnot. But I will assure you and, and your listeners that the uh, the plan that we have, and it's uh, it's on, on the website for the CBB, the plan we have is very aggressive. And what I like about it, uh, it's unfortunate that COVID happened. It's unfortunate uh, that we have to have an emergency plan. But I think what this does is it positions not only uh, the Western Mass, the Pioneer Valley, for uh, short-term growth out of COVID, but I think it really brings a kind of a microscope or a telescope really to tourism uh, for the long term. Um, and that means that this investment will pay over a long period of time. And I think lastly, I think um, elected officials will always be respectful of tourism and knowing that's the third largest industry in Massachusetts. It really came home, I think, during this pandemic uh, to know how many people are employed and and how many businesses are shut down and and how many still um have a long way to go ahead of them so we're ready willing and able uh and soon uh will aggressively execute that marketing plan from the cbb
0: talk about that a little bit more i mean this region has always marketed itself as a place where there is a lot to do come here and you can do this and you can do that you can go here and you can do there uh now six flags is not open yet. I don't know when and if they plan to reopen the summer. The Big E obviously had to be canceled. Uh, there are some other attractions that are still closed. How are we marketing this region now? What What is the gist of this marketing plan?
1: So imagine a series of concentric circles. Uh, right now, you've got the staycation um, kind of mode where I can speak, frankly, from the Hall of Fame standpoint. Um, you know, we opened on July 8th, Uh, We're running at about 30% of what we were uh, last year. Of course, last year we had live talent um, and other things that drove high attendance. But we do have a new museum this year, which is being received very well. But the people that are coming, um, almost 80, 85% are within about an hour and a half drive time. Um, And so that is kind of that first concentric circle is 50 to 75 miles of relatively low cost, this is from a CVB standpoint, relatively low cost outreach, social media, geo-targeting, things like that, because we're just, as you as you know, not everybody's open. So we're not going to take this, this, uh, this, this uh, money that we've got to relaunch uh, and spend it before people are ready to come out or before there are attractions and restaurants and hotels that are open. So, so right now, it is is grabbing every low cost touch point that we can um, and link those up with organizations that are either open or that are opening very soon. So, you've got the Hall of Fame, you've got the Springfield museums, um, you've got Yankee Candle, and, and you know you talk about Western Mass. Uh, it, you know, a year ago, it was kind of cool to jump on a cruise ship or a, or a crowded airplane and go to a big city in Europe or whatever. The positioning we have here now is that this is very enjoyable, open space, safe. I mean, our protocols here at the Hall of Fame I'll match up against any attraction around the around the country. Um, you know, people are looking for that. The first thing, it's not how much does it cost? What is, what is the experience necessarily? Um, but it's, am I gonna be safe bringing my family to your attraction? And we believe that that is happening at the Hall of Fame. And as a, uh, from the CVB, we know that that is the number one determining point as people either are open or opening up a decision point to, to come. Uh, and we believe we're well positioned in Western Mass and all the green space, uh, you know, we take it for granted, we live here. Um, but you know, if it's, if it's the Connecticut River, if it's Zor Outdoor, if it's fishing, if it's hiking, um, if it's just getting away, um, you know, that, that's that's really kind of the hidden blessing here that that people finally have, have reoriented to a point where they don't necessarily need to be in a crowded space. They want to be on their own. They want to be safe, and they want to be with their family.
0: Any indication yet that this staycation, I won't call it a theory, this was the, the, the thinking that, that people – If you have to go to another state or to another part of the country or let alone another country, you have to quarantine for 14 days. It's very difficult. People would stay home. Summer is already half over. If you think about when students will be going back to school, what have we seen so far in in, in June and July? Are people staying home? Are they coming out to the Hall of Fame? Are they going to the attractions that are open in this area?
1: So again, we um, you know we are running at about thirty five percent of prior year, um, and it's about where we expected. We expected thirty. It, it started um, you know somewhat somewhat uh, slow, but it is ramped up every single day. Um, We are sharing um, visitor messages on social media where people are having a good time talking about the new museum, but also the protocols and how they felt very safe and how people were, our employees were were constantly in motion in terms of of, uh, safety protocols. Um, I do know from data, and I I don't have the exact numbers, but I do know that the the, um, uh, occupancy rates at the local hotels uh, have started to tick up, um, and that is primarily not business travelers primarily um, leisure travelers. I mean, that's what this summer is all about. There's not a whole lot of business meetings happening face to face. They happen like this on a Zoom call. So those numbers are starting to come back. And again, as we have more attractions that are open more things to do, um, people are kind of focusing on our region. And, you know, overlay that with the aggressive social plan we have right now. And then the ultimately the the uh the, the you know, mass media investment and other media investment we're going to have going forward we think we've got a yeah you know, we think we're ahead of the curve i heard a number uh the other day that uh in the month of june i hope i have this right but the occupancy rate in downtown boston was nine percent um and we're uh just under 40 here in springfield so we're we're among the top so uh, and a lot of hotels in boston some of the bigger ones aren't going to open until conventions come back so you know, you tell me when that is. Um, and these are some of the, you know, the Copley, Copley Square Hotel, um, the big hotel there. That's a big deal. Um, so, again, and, uh, you know, Mary Kay always says to me, from the, she's from the C V B, the president, the Pioneer Valley, our highs aren't as highs and our lows aren't as low. And mm-hmm. I think um, we're, we're living that right now is that we've got a very consistent um, development of growth uh, and we we, we kind of check all the boxes for people that they can have a nice day trip or a couple of overnights. Uh, and, um, you know, we're sharing that message.
0: Okay, this is Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local, sponsored today by Munson Savings Bank. We're talking to John Deleva. He is the president and CEO of the Basketball Hall of Fame and chairman of the Greater Springfield Convention and Visitors Board. We're talking about tourism and the pandemic john talk about how your membership is holding up to this obviously the numbers are terrible i have talked to hotel owners who, who earlier in the year they were you know just talking about how the numbers were really down and they were worried about you know how they summer and spring and the fall this is when these guys this is when these businesses make their money they were worried about winter becoming almost a year-long thing this year. It's going to be one year-long winter.
1: Yes, the Uh, nuclear winter of COVID.
0: (laughs) The winter of COVID, 12 (laughs) months long. So, how how are we keeping these guys going, and and, and what what, what are the feelings for these individual hotel and, and business owners?
1: Sure. So the membership, um, as I said, it, 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 when this first happened, you know, there was two ways you could go. You could turtle and wait and see what happens, or you could be aggressive and start to say, what are the what ifs? So if, if it's going to open up in June, July, August, into the fall, what are, what are the marketing plans that need to be in place so you can pull the folder out on August 1st and market the region? Uh, and that's what we aggressively did from a, from a strategic plan standpoint. And then we shared that with the membership. Um, and I think the membership was um, very pleased with, with the aggressiveness that the organization had gone forward with, the critical thinking, the research uh, that was done. Uh, for example, we obviously gathered up national research uh, in hot spots and cold spots, um, but immediately we reached out to 200 known visitors that had been here before from the tri-state area uh, of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. Uh, and asked them about what would what were their travel plans this summer. They'd already been here. They knew about they knew about Western Mass, so it wasn't it wasn't something that they were they were you know guessing on. It was you know uh, will you will you travel? How, how far are you going to travel? Are you going to stay overnight? What kind of things are you looking to do? Would you come to Western Massachusetts? And the answers were were predominantly yes. There was about a sixty percent positive. Um, response to that. So we start to share that information along with the marketing plans of the membership. Uh, I would say that uh, our Zoom meetings are, are uh, better attended than ever. I think the, the local uh, folks in the industry at all levels uh, are coming together for obvious reasons. Um, they want information. They want uh, camaraderie. Um, they want uh, a plan out. Uh, and I think the true test is you know, how many folks are renewing their membership because uh, Mary Kay's uh, fiscal is July one, and um, uh, she we did a number of uh, uh, of financial plans assuming thirty percent, fifty percent, seventy five percent revenue, um, and she's operating at the higher level. So we're getting those renewals, we're getting those commitments, we're getting we're getting checks, and I think that is because there is an aggressive plan. There's a belief that this plan will work, um, and as we're seeing, we're we're getting funding outside of our membership now. So we brought a real focus to to how important tourism is. And the membership is seeing that um, this is serious work that's being done and they want to continue to support that.
0: So much has been made about the, the Big E and, and probably rightfully so. This yeah. is a 17-day yeah. fair that supports so many of your members in, in so many different ways. Talk about that loss and, and how you can possibly, you don't make that up, but, but how do you move on from that?
1: No, that is um, unfortunately, uh, if that doesn't happen, that's gone. That can't be. That can't be postponed. Uh, it just rolls into next year and one 17-day. Tens of millions of dollars of impact is absolutely lost. I give Gene Cassidy credit um, at the Big E um, that he is now looking at, as I understand it, different ways to engage people in fair-like activities without having 1.8 million people over a 17-day period, but maybe utilizing the facility uh, over a longer period of time. Uh, I think that's very smart. It obviously can't, I don't think, equal the impact of the, of the 17-day fair and the attendance they get. Uh, as you also know, and you were very involved in discussions with this, the, the uh, Hooplandia basketball event had to be canceled this summer, but that's something we're going to do next summer. It's a three-on-three tournament uh, that mimics uh, what happens out in Spokane, Washington, and and gets thousands and thousands of teams and players and families staying overnight for a three or a four day period. That'll come back in 2021. Um, but the but the loss of the Big E is devastating. It's devastating to the organization over there. It's a big fundraiser. It it provides a lot of money to uh, young, I don't know if it's Future Farmers of America or 4-H, but people lose sight of that, that, that money's generated there. There are grants that are given to, to keep agriculture going uh, locally and in the six state region. Um, And as you say, all the membership, whether you're parking cars on your front lawn and in uh, Springfield, you're a restaurant, you're a hotel, um, you're a gas station owner who's getting filled up a few times while people are here. Um, That is a devastating loss to us and and one that is meaningful. And again, I think, um, you know, if there is any silver lining there, it just uh, shows how important the tourism industry is, not only in Western Massachusetts, but throughout the Commonwealth. And project that nationally. It's these kind of things that aren't happening that are really, um, you know, hurtful to to a region.
0: Hmm. This is business talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. Sponsored today by Munson Savings Bank. We're talking with John DeLeva with the Basketball Hall of Fame. John, you mentioned tourism and, and the importance of this sector to the region, and I think that. I don't know if we can call this a silver lining or not, but maybe the pandemic is now waking some people up to just how important this sector is. It's no longer just, and we have a tourism sector as well. It, it's not the Berkshires, obviously, and the Berkshires devastated by the pandemic because tourism might be 70, maybe even 80 percent of their economy. But tourism is, is huge here. Is this opening some eyes?
1: I think, absolutely, uh, it's opening some eyes. Um, and and that, you know, we, we've, that's been one of our objectives is to educate um, folks, whether it's people through the normal media, uh, people that, that live in our community that don't necessarily think about the impact of tourism Um, But you think about, you know, who works in the tourism industry is at all levels. Uh, Frankly, there's a lot of people that are employed uh, at the lower level. They're hardworking. They want to get back to work. They're earning money for their families. They've got benefits for their family. It's an important part of our community. Uh, And also, uh, perhaps unlike um, education or or health care, which might be above above tourism, we're number three. Tourism also drives sales taxes to the state. Um. So when you've got people coming in, they're paying gas taxes, they're paying meals taxes, they're paying hotel taxes, they're paying civic center fees um, that are there. So, so in a, in a way, we're we're an industry that uh, doesn't necessarily consume um, state money uh, like the like the uh, perhaps the education and healthcare system does, but in fact generates money for the state to benefit the other programs around the state. So that's something that I think we need to uh, get out more loudly, more clearly, um, is that we are additive, um, net, net additive. We appreciate the uh, the grant that Senator Lester got, $250,000, but, uh, you know, the, the, the taxes generated from tourism are, 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 you know, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, in a normal year. So it's very there's imp- a
0: trickle down, too, of all mystery. the cities and towns that are going to see that, Springfield, Boston, Worcester. Uh,
1: they all have local occupancy taxes, right, right? There's money coming into the city of Springfield or the city of Chicopee. They all have local occupancy taxes that also gets a little lift from visitors, whether it's leisure uh, or, it's, or it's the business traveler. So every little bit helps. And, of course, all of these hoteliers, all of these restaurants, um, we're paying taxes. We're paying, we're paying property taxes. So again, you think about uh, the attractions, the restaurants, the hotels, there's some big dollars there that are going into the public uh, domain. Okay. Uh,
0: Now you get to the fun part. In a few minutes left, talk about the the class of 2020 and what we have planned this year for them.
1: Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I I have this note on my desk and you and I may have talked about this at a different time, but um, it was the first staff meeting of, of early January, 2020. It was, um, the first full week of, the, of January 2020 before Kobe Bryant unfortunately passed away. And, and look at the things that were happening at the Basketball Hall of Fame. We had the class of classes. This was going to be the biggest class ever with an enshrinement ceremony that would take place here in Springfield in August of 2020. That's obviously been postponed. We were going to have and, and do have, um, but we were going to open up in May a brand new uh, museum experience, 19 and a half million dollars, um, and and Great, immersive, much more content-rich, uh, artifact-rich. Um, so that that was going to open up in May. We were going to have a great summer season. We had all this talent booked for um, for our 60 days of summer to come in and celebrate our new museum. So that's an added value to our customers. We had uh, the commemorative coin that was launched and is now on sale by the U.S. Mint, and 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 finally, we had a wonderful uh, basketball game happening. Um, we do many around the country, but we have one at the O2 Center in London, Michigan versus Kentucky that was selling gangbusters. So this was going to be the year of years for the hall of fame. Um, and it, you know, kind of started with uh, Kobe's passing and that was very, very unfortunate, but um, that I think brought more focus to the class of 2020. And as we went along and planned, um, we had sold uh, about 88% of our ticket capacity Ah, uh, to our event um, before we announced the final finalists uh, in what would have been the uh, the, the uh, final four in April, we had to do that by by Zoom basically. Um, so we were well on our way to a sellout, and then of course COVID hit and everything fell. Enshrinement is moving out in the calendar. Uh, our grand opening was was delayed by uh, three months. Um, the commemorative coin is being impacted negatively. Uh, because the price of gold and silver, and and frankly, uh, collectors, uh, you know, the economic situation isn't the same as it was a year ago. Uh, they may not be buying as many coins, and our our London game was canceled. So, um, it was going to be the year. But year other
0: than that, true, but other than that, <laughs> things yeah. have been fine.
1: Yeah, other than that, uh, things would have been. Um, I mean, this really would have been a breakthrough year for us. and frankly, you know, I've talked about this before. Is is the Hall of Fame's worked its way out of a financial hole that was pretty deep when we opened up this new building. And um, we were set this year to um, reduce our debt to zero and actually put together a uh, a pretty sizable endowment. And um, that has, has uh, had a, a bit of a trough. Um, but I think in the longer run, you know, we, we're looking at our business, our next financial period is not one month or six months or 12 months, it's really 18 months. We need to look at this as one financial period of 18 months to get out of this. And let's talk about uh, 2022 as, you know, if 2020 is survival, 2021 is, is um, you know, kind of reestablishing our footing, uh, 2022 is, is that, that growth time again. So that's how we're focusing on our business.
0: Okay. Well, good luck to you with all of that. And, and thank you for, for being on our show today. Sure.
1: It's my uh, pleasure. Thank you for having us. We we, uh, we love talking about the Hall of Fame and I especially appreciate you um, talking about the, the, the association of, of tourist-based entities in the Pioneer Valley that really are coming together stronger than ever.
0: Okay. Well, thank you again. Thank and you. thanks for listening, everyone. And remember to join us next time for another episode of Business Talk presented in partnership with Living Local and sponsored today by Munson Savings Bank.